life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. I have to say, I gained some parenting points today, but you gained some adopted uncle points. Well, thank you. Because we went to, it's the end of the year. It's the end of the school year. Yeah. yeah. So that means that whatever your kids are in, it's the end, it's the championship, it's the performance, it's the show and tell, it's the whatever. It's the grand finale. So I am bombarded by this stuff right now. (laughs) Uh, My son is in a lot of little things, but he is in a theater class. And they did their show tonight, <laughs> and I have not subjected poor Paul to any of these. And tonight, for whatever reason, because I actually thought it was going to be kind of good, and it was, yeah. it was, it was not good. But but I just said to Paul, hey, "Would you come?" There were some entertaining. It moments. was hysterical. It yeah. was hysterical, but it was, it was not great. good. These these are these actually operate in separate worlds. <laughs> Something can be incredibly funny and still not very good. But it's it was it was four to like fifteen year olds in a theater production, and forget the age for a second. There was no telling who was good and who was terrible. You had you had no. young teenagers that were awful. You had little kids that were great. You had stuff where it was where people are directing each other on stage, which was my personal favorite. But you sat through the whole thing. My son was thrilled you were there. I'm so glad. I only saw so, him briefly at the end. Yes, but, I, but he, he was seemed ex- really he was ecstatic happy. about it for yeah. sure. So you earned big time adopting oh, other points. So bravo. Good. And then I took the uh, the roof off the Lotus in the in the parking lot. And we drove him with the top down. Fantastic. Which he loved as well. So there you go. Nice little reward after his performance. Yes. He did great too, and he was funny. And there were a lot of little kids running everywhere and screaming, and and then they'd scream into the microphones and peek. Yes, the, the sound and yes. it would just you know go crazy through the auditorium and yeah it was it was one of those performances. Yeah, someone had told these kids please be loud into the mic and then they had the mic cranked up too hard. So when those two things converged, my ears are still almost bleeding. Yeah, it was it was not anyway. So so welcome to the podcast. We're going to actually talk about cars. Well, yes, of, we are uh, kid theater performances. We are. We've got so much coming at us. We are actually off to Denver mm-hmm. this weekend for a shoot. We are going there to shoot some CUVs, and then we've got another fast blast to do on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fast, fast shoot. It's going to be fast. But we have decided to put together a meetup on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. That is the 20th, Sunday the 20th. And we're going to be meeting up at Ted's Montana Grill. So if you are in the Boulder area or Denver area or even mm-hmm. Fort Collins, We'd yeah. love to meet you. Love to see you. Uh, 8 p.m. at Ted's Montana Grill. That's on Pearl Street, 1701 Pearl Street, uh, right there in Boulder. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, 8, I think it closes at 10. About yeah, 10, for so sure. Gives at least a couple hours for dinner and hang out. And we will be updating uh, this on our social media fronts in case something changes. But plan for that 8 o'clock meetup. Also, please keep in mind, this is about as informal as it gets. Chance oh, yeah. and Paul and I will be together having been there and having shot. And we will be desperately hungry and need to eat. Come and eat. Come and don't eat. Walk in whenever you can be there. Please understand there is no structure to this at all other than pardon us. We will be eating. We would love to see (laughs) you if you're in the area. We'd love to meet you. We hope that works out for some of you. So that's when that's happening. We've got some debates we will jump into. This is going to be really interesting from Andy. First of all, he's in Austin, Texas. And then Anique, she is in California. And uh, she's a private courier in California and writes with a car. 2013 Dodge Charger who has... She has 310,000 miles in her car. Yes, I noticed that. I noticed that for sure. Crazy. All right, well, let's jump into Andy's uh, Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. He's uh, thinking about replacing the Miata, maybe, but uh, I kind of think that's going to stay because he's an enthusiast big time, and he's really looking for a new commuting car Mm -hmm. that ticks all the enthusiast boxes but still says I'm an enthusiast. It's got to be a commuter. It's it's the but new daily got to be practical. It's the new daily question and 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 the place where this gets more difficult is the fact that he's had uh multiple NA Miatas. Yeah. And this current one he's had for the past 3 years and uh, he's just he loves the things but he's just going okay, high miles and also what would be the step from this? That's actually the, mm-hmm. the source of his question. He's just going, if I was to get out of a Miata into something else, what feels like the next step in that progression? I approach this car debate differently than I have for a lot of them. Oh, you did? Okay. Because I didn't bring any new ones to the table. I just thought I would take his very personal detailed list and break down what I like and don't like about his list. Well, he does have an excellent list. Yes. I did bring some suggestions Good. just I'm because glad. he gave I'm me glad. a budget and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and this, is, this is what we do. I get it. Well done. $35,000. Mm-hmm. So that's the max. Okay. So he's into value. Yeah. He wouldn't yeah. consider things like an FRS BRZ or an 86 or the ND Miata because he thinks there's more value to be had on an older used market. I also yeah. 
kind of blew up that sentence too because I am going to suggest a new car hmm. because of the budget. But we'll get there in just a moment. Well, and that made – but honestly, when I read that, the question that I had was, okay – you don't feel like those are a deal, but I get the sense that you're looking at a bunch of used cars and then those two cars new. And there's a part of me that goes, if you bought an 86, a 2013, oh, 2014 sure. for 16 grand, that's a pretty decent value for money. Now, I don't know that it's a step up, but it's a pretty decent value for money. I feel like they aren't the value that you're looking for if you buy them new. I will agree with you. But if you buy those used, aren't those options too? Sure, they definitely are. He's been driving NA Miatas for the past three years, and he said he's been uh, for two years in a 95 Merlot M edition with a hardtop. He says it's been a blast, but now 23 years old, 185,000 miles. It needs wow. some work. Yeah. He's probably going to have to put some money into it. But he said he will likely keep this Miata because he loves it so much and he can't justify getting rid of it because mm -hmm. of its value. Mm -hmm. But maybe that just becomes relegated to the beater car and maybe pull it out a day or two each week. But did, there is a you, car wait, in hang here. On, did you see there, though, that he said it may become the beater car and may get driven in inclement weather? The, which, he, which indicates it might not be right well, now. No, but what makes, what makes me laugh, though, is the fact that I, here, <laughs> here we have Andy is going, man, the weather's terrible outside. I'm taking the little convertible. That's, that's <laughs> just a great sentence that I really, really like. Keep going. It's Sorry. all about tires. So he's got a car that I think is near and dear to your heart. He does. In the garage, he also has an approximately 400 wheel horsepower 1993 300ZX twin turbo. Oof. He's had it for eight years, which means it's the project car. It is. It mostly sits, and he said it gets driven two or three times per month. Mm. So this is the beast sitting in the garage. He's not considering getting rid of the Z because he's got too much invested in it. Of course, now it's an emotional project. And it's a forever car. Can't, yeah. can't get yeah, rid yeah, of the yeah. car, which... For sure. You for know, sure. at this point, I'm wondering if we've kind of reached the dip, a long dip in prices for the mm -hmm. Zs. But I'm wondering if the nice ones would really start to come back and be desirable. Maybe I they think, don't produce you know, a higher dollar value, but maybe people want to get back into them. You know, I think, honestly, they are, are at that place where it, it, it happens to all these cars. I mean, the 928 is on its way up for the same kind of reason. Yeah, it makes me the, wish the, I kept the nine, that car. The 944, I think no some idea. of the nice turbos are going to go back up. But I think what happens is when these cars become nobody cares about them and they plummet in value and people that don't know how to take care of a car or barely have enough money to afford it, they drive it. They drive them into the ground. <laughs> then what happens is Nissan GTRs. what used to be a lot of cars, like there were a lot of these 300ZXs made, but who has – a pristine, low-mile stock one. Right. Almost nobody. And those cars are already worth money. And a manual transmission, yeah, and on absolutely. and on and on. Yep. Okay, so $35,000. He's given us a list of cars that he is interested in mm -hmm. and reasons why, but he also indicates he has not driven any of these cars. I noticed that. Which I is interesting. Yep, he's for sure, for sure. contemplating. He's kind of at the end of his rope. He's just wondering, I, I've never driven any of these cars. I'm open to other suggestions. But in order of price, mm -hmm. we've got to go through these and kind of working all the way up to Agreed. Yeah. past his budget, as a matter of fact, kind of coming back to your comment about, here's my budget. I'm going to go ten grand past that. For sure. It happens. But why not? And it's it, on here's the, the thing. It happens not only because we do it, but we know that when people shop, <laughs> yeah. they do it too. So here hey, we go. Yeah. You think about things and then mm -hmm. you think, oh, what if I could? Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. my budget. All right. Starting with the S2000, mm -hmm. Honda S2K, 15 grand. Fifteen grand will get you a nice one. It'll get you a decent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's thinking this is a Miata. Honda builds a Miata a little better in every way, aside from the lightweight nature of the Miata. But he's, you know, asking is the upgrading to this over the Miata justifying paying approximately three times what the Miata is worth? Mm -hmm. If you think about it in those terms, no, it's not. But you can't think about it in those terms. You have to take it for what it is at face yeah. value and think, you know what? I'm just getting a better all-around car. Everything it's, that you want your Miata to be, you can't put that price tag on it even anymore and think, mm -hmm. well, three times the value, because that's not what the emotional purchase of a car is about. Sure, sure, You can't sure. do that anymore. Well, and it's it's the, the reason you buy that S2000 is not because it makes the most sense, but because it's a moment-in-time car. Yes, and it's, yes, it's it very a car much is. that really is Honda operating the top of the game. And I'm going to jump to later in his list to reference this and come back. At the bottom of his list, he kind of throws this out and then goes, I don't think I can do it. And that is a first-gen NSX. He'd love to have an early NSX, the 90s NSX. Here's my point. You're talking about how 4045, so above your budget, but, but you're going, is this a car I should stretch for? I have more comments on that later, but, but I want to mention that 
uh, your your list is bookended here by two Hondas, and they're two Hondas from the same era, mm-hmm. the S2000 and the NSX. Isn't that interesting? Which makes me think, if you want to experience that era of Honda really operating at the top of their game, here's where the S2000 is your play. Isn't that interesting? Both those cars that we mm-hmm. think of, Honda at the peak, at the pinnacle. And they were both in the showroom at the same time. That's amazing. That's what I find fascinating. Very interesting. All right, on with the list. $25,000 for a Cayman S. He's thinking mm-hmm. the 987, so the first sure, gen sure, sure, yeah. Cayman S. Mm-hmm. And yes, I agree. It's a great option. I'm all about the Cayman for you. The reliability is going to be fine, but you're going to have to perform preventative maintenance. You're going to have to be all about maintenance more so than you would about that S2K or probably yeah, even yeah, the yeah. NSX, even though the Acura is going to need more love at this point being an older car now. Age-wise, but it's a Honda Accord underneath, yeah. But the Cayman, yeah. yes. Can you put all those miles on it? Absolutely. I say go for it. Do it. Run it. But you're going to have to really be on top of your maintenance and kind of think ahead a lot. Yeah. And then it'll just keep running. Just as with any German car. You can't mm-hmm. wait for the, now I need the service. You know, the manual does say 20,000 mile oil change intervals. It does. Yeah. Does any Porsche Cayman owner do this? No, they don't. Well, but you've also got the fact that it's the big 40,000 mile intervals on all the Porsches where they need lots of stuff. A lot and of that, stuff. And that's yeah. where it gets expensive, but that's also worth it. I mean, that's the thing that we've proven even with our with our Cayenne. But with the $25,000, that leaves you ten grand sitting in your pocket for maintenance and True. tires and those True. kinds of yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. That could be a great thing. That could be very worthy to your collection. Moving on to the twenty-five to thirty k mark of the Z4M Coupe, mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. liking that. He's actually preferring the, what we call the clown shoe. He calls it too. It's the Z3M, which was the first. He'd rather have that Z yeah. car there essentially, but he says the ones with the S54 engine seems to be in the higher price range, which is too much in his opinion. Yeah, and I want to stop on these two real quick, the Cayman versus that uh, that Z4. I want to talk about both of those. We're big fans of both of these cars, obviously. I think in both cases, it would feel like a nice step up from your Miata. It would feel like a what's next. Be a big step. I think it would feel like, okay, I get it because I was driving a Miata. I, I enjoy this, but it feels like a step up in luxury, a little bit in size. You know, it, it's upper levels of speed. All of these things are improved. Uh, I think you need to drive a Cayman. And while you're at it, drive the Boxster. You're clearly a convertible guy. You didn't mention the Mm, Boxster. Drive a Boxster while you're at it. I think that's worth it. On the Z4, here's my thing. Watch our piece on it. We both really liked it. In fact, we were both a little bit surprised by how much we liked it. But here's my concern. If you spend 25 on one of those cars, you can probably get a nice one for that. If you spend 25 on one of those cars, you'll probably really enjoy it. But since you're buying that because you want the Z3 and don't feel like you can afford it, are you always going to have that stigma on that Z4? This is my concern. Oh, I see. Is it going to be the car that is your consolation prize every time you get into it? I think it's genuinely fun, but I feel like you're buying that car because the one you want you can't get, and I'm worried about that not not ever really landing like it should. Although noting that, Andy, I don't want you to talk yourself in or out of cars before you've driven them. Oh, I agree with that for sure. Because yeah, we're absolutely. debating them here, mm-hmm. but you know we're on the side of having driven, I think, everything on your list here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a matter of fact. And I, I don't want you to think, all right, that's off my list because the S2K. It's three times the price, so therefore it shouldn't be. So that's, you know, I'm crossing that off. Yeah. Because again, yeah. when you're in this world, as you know, that 300Z is you know, tugging on your heartstrings. It's mm-hmm. connected to an emotional experience. And that's what car ownership is about. That's, that's the unsaid factor that you and I always try to sure. think about yeah. and read yeah, yeah. between the lines and mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. you know what, here's what you could buy, but that's the clinical choice. Yeah. You know, it would really stir your soul, yeah. even though it's more expensive or it's going to demand more of you or whatever mm-hmm. is this car, mm-hmm. whatever that mm-hmm. is. You get, you get my point, sure. but absolutely. absolutely. I just don't want him to talk himself out of something or into something because, well, it's the value and we're just going on value and then great. It's good value and you don't like driving it. Sure. Sure. That's yeah. what we don't want yeah, to happen. I, I, this is my concern with that Z4 is it's going to be the car that you bought and kind of wish you had something else the whole time. The next one on your list is the thirty dollars to $35,000 Lotus Elise. Great choice. Who do we know that – oh, that's right, me. Uh, that's who has one. <laughs> uh, so great he's, he's asking me about, okay, he thinks this really is the ultimate step up. And I am biased, but I'm going to say I kind of agree with you. <laughs> His concern is the precious factor on this car. They're not common. So is he going to feel like every time he drives it, he's terrified? And if anything happens to it, oh, look, there's a little bit of road rash. Are you going to hate yourself? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a personal question for you. I don't know, Andy. How concerned are you about your Miatas? I know the Miata is, is an nearly $200,000 car that costs five grand, But 
if you drive these cars and you enjoy them, my instinct is, and, and I'm going to say from personal experience, just don't buy a pristine Elise. Yeah. Buy one that's that's nice, but it's got miles and it's got it's got some wear on it, mm-hmm. and then don't be precious. Sure. And then I think you would enjoy it. It is, watch the piece that dropped actually today. I dropped uh, long-term number two on that car. I don't and know I, it should be helpful, but it still doesn't take the place of driving. It doesn't. One. It doesn't. But, but, you can, but you can see me talk about the sacrifices because there are some. The sacrifices involved in driving that car in a normal commute situation. Now, I love it, but it is an oddball car in that regard. So you're going to have to figure out, is that, does that interest you? As far as the precious factor, you either drive it or you don't. I feel like you just you buy one sure. of those cars and drive them, even even if I know they're rare. You obviously don't want to get them in a wreck because that totals them out. I mean, there's this kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I, I have I have such an interesting dual relationship with my car because when I when it's stopped and parked and I get a chance to wash it, yeah, I notice all the stuff that's not quite right about it, and I think I wish I could get all this fixed. But whenever I'm driving it, I remember none of that. It all goes away. Remember just, none of that. I'm right, completely, right, right. I, I don't care about the fact that it's not perfect. And if something were to scratch it right now while I'm driving, I wouldn't notice because I'm driving and I'm having a blast. It's a car you can just drive. I'm worried about that one for you because I feel like you're going into it being precious. I think it's interesting. You're looking at the Lotus as precious, but not as the Cayman. Yeah. It's kind of funny. The Cayman, you're looking at it just like, should I buy a Cayman? Lotus, you're going, should I drive that? <laughs> and, I, and I say to you, they're kind of equivalent. For me, it's almost the opposite. But it is the opposite. I, I, it is the opposite I, I, for you. I mean, it's, it's, we'll call it equivalent. And, and, for, the, for that, and here's the thing. If you're going to be precious about the car, the Cayman is a much nicer car than the Elise. I understand the Elise is more rare. So there's a, there's a personal question here that I think you have to tackle for the Elise. I think you would enjoy it, but that's a real question. And again, it comes back to driving them because the things that Todd says, I love this, you know, that can slide under the table. It might be reversed for you. And mm-hmm. you think, you know what? The thing that, you know, runs off, you know, Todd kind of ignores, that's really a deal killer for me or whatever that is. So again, we're coming back to the driving. Going on to the $35,000 Corvette C6 generation mm-hmm. Z06. Mm-hmm. Thirty-five grand. You can easily get one on a Z06 for that money. Yes, they've held a value. And from a performance, I mean, that's what Corvettes have always been, is the performance for the dollar for value. Sure, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. But you're saying the interior is not so great, you know, compared to some of the other cars on this list. Yes, you could have a better interior. Is it too much power for the street? No. Well, I <laughs> is mean. Is it ever too much power? I mean, you have to ask well, yourself you, that question. You and I disagree on this, though. I mean, you, I, I, don't I, think so. I, I feel like there's a limit to that much earlier than you do. And since Andy's coming out of a Miata... I here's the thing. If what you like about the Miata, this is the unspoken well, thing. On the other ha- half, he's got a 400 horsepower he does, Z car, which is very so interesting. So he's used to power too. You're right. You're absolutely he's got great, both. That's a great counterpoint. You're absolutely right. What I wonder, Andy, is when you commute in a car, when you drive a car daily, is the thing you like about that Miata the fact that you're ringing all of it out of it? Because that's not happening in the Z06. Certainly not. But that doesn't that doesn't take anything away from it. Here's the thing I think is interesting here, though. You keep talking about $35,000 of cars, but then in a minute you talk about the NSX, about it being forty forty five, and you're wondering if you should stretch. I'm going to play the Paul game, the Paul limiter Uh-oh. game, <laughs> and say, okay, so what you're suggesting is that you want to spend thirty thirty five, but you could maybe stretch to 40 given the right circumstance. You don't like the interior of the Z06, the C6 Z06, and you going. wonder if it's too kind of hardcore and powerful for the street. Did you know that C7s are just under 40? I thought you might suggest that. I think it's a base, actually. the it was the Z fifty one package, the base uh, C seven with the good package on it for the suspension and all. Get that for just under forty, and I think you've got a better car that you're going to like more. In other words, if we're going to do it for the Acura, why not for some other the other cars on this well, list? But, but right? and also because of the fact that I really do think if his if he's looking at a thirty five thousand dollars Z six, and you can get a thirty nine thousand dollars C seven C seven. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, one more car before we get to the Acura, and that is a $35,000 Cadillac CTS-V Coupe Generation 2. He loves the sleeper aspect, I think, of this. Yeah, they're cool. Which is very much along the lines of your Nissan. I mean, Mm -hmm. people see that. If you haven't made it, you know, all fast and furious and kind of looked the part, if it's kind of a sleeper, yeah, it's, it's in that same vein. But, you know, he's thinking very much of a dichotomy from Miata. Mm-hmm. Other well, end of the so spectrum. Is a, so is a Corvette, for that true, matter. True, true, true. But again, coming back to his 400-wheel horsepower Nissan, it's not like he's not used to this kind of power. That's fair. That's fair. So then we're on to the Acura NSX 90 to 95. 
It's been his dream car since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I can see for that reason that it's been on your list. You're saying 45 could get you a decent one. It might be in the 60 to 80,000 mile range, which probably, is fine. Probably, yeah. But that means would you leave it in the garage and then you think, okay, I guess I'll just drive the Miata again and keep putting miles on it because it's too precious. Because well, it's too rare and yeah. too too much of an icon to go drive it. I'm going to say something controversial to Andy. Okay. I want to touch on the 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 vet. I'm not the vet. I want to touch on the Cadillac real quick to say I think it's the oddball on this list for a reason. I don't think it belongs. I think it's the heavier. That's almost a four thousand pound car. I think it's the heavier mm-hmm. car you're not going to be as satisfied with. The rest of these on this list aren't nearly that heavy, so I think that's probably out. But this NSX is haunting you. <laughs> and you really want one. And I think you'd love it. I think you would absolutely love it even more than you think you would. I, I think that car is worth trying to find drive. And it is one of those cars right now. I actually wonder if those cars are going to hover like the Elise right now. I wonder if they're going to be 45 to 60 for the next decade. Just buy it and they're then just, sell it for the same they're price. They're just going to hang out car. for the next decade. I really wonder if that's where that car is going to be for the be. next decade Could or so. Be. I don't know that, but I kind of am wondering if that's where they're going to land. They're I'm gonna, sweet here, looking. Just thinking about they're it. They're cool. They're Here's my controversial comment. Okay. You don't need two precious cars. You can't afford an, a nice NSX. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Sell the Z. Wow. Sell the Z and spend 50 grand on a nice NSX and be happy. Wow. Interesting. I, I don't know if he can stomach that. He's I don't probably know if he can shocked either. hearing that. Andy, but, I'm sure you're but, shocked. You know, let's, let's say you sell the Z for 15 I'm sure that's not anything close to what you've got in it, but unless you're paying off what you've got in it, you probably own it outright. Yeah. You've had that car. You've loved it. It's been a great experience. You want an NSX. You want an NSX so much you're wondering, should I get an S2000? Sell the Z, buy the NSX, mm. drive it as much as you possibly can, and if the weather's bad or you're worried about where you're going to take the car or parking or something, you take your old Miata. Done. I'm almost inclined to go through this list and cross things off. But again, that's counterpoint to my comment earlier about not wanting to do that without having you drive them, Andy. He's got to drive them. I'm I'm tempted to have that. So what I'm going to do is add to your troubles by suggesting a few more cars here. Well done, sir. But I think they belong on this list for the price reason. Okay. And the first one on here, I'm all for the Cayman, by the way, Andy. I'm all for- That's a real surprise. Stay where you're at. Who knew? Go for the Cayman, twenty-five grand, ten grand to spend on parts and maintenance and tires. Lovely. But how about a brand new car, a new EcoBoost Mustang Premium? Call mm. it twenty-eight, maybe thirty, brand new. They're doing deals on those for sure. I was gonna go with the GT because you said, "All right, I just want something that is, you know, reliable. It's just." It's not a beater, but it's just the go-to car for everything. When mm-hmm. I want to have a special time, you know, go take the Nissan. When sure. I want to just I see where you're going. go do the lightweight thing, I've still got the Miata. But this is, you know, the go-to car for everything, yeah. but it's yeah, got to yeah. be fun still. And But it's the commute car. So what about the Mustang mm-hmm. GT? But then I backed off to the EcoBoost Premium, thirty grand, And I'm thinking that gives you the new body style. Anytime mm-hmm. you can get a newer interior in a Mustang, I'm all for it. Sure, fair. And I'm just thinking, you know, the 2.3 liter engine, give you better gas mileage, like I said, and mm-hmm. then that could be the go-to car, okay? But what about, this is breaking all your rules. Good, excellent. Why not? A 2018 Honda Civic Type R for $35,000. Hmm. It's a Honda. It checks the Honda That's boxes. That's a good wild card. It's a good wild it, card. It's, yeah. it's the do-it-all. It it's very fast. It's fun to drive. It doesn't matter that it's front-wheel drive. It's such an excellent, fun car to drive, and it it ties into that Honda thing for you. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's the go-to. You don't have to worry about it. It's just going to run. It's going to be excellent. Yeah. You yeah. can put it in comfort mode. You can put it in sport. You can go nuts with it. But then you still have yeah. your two loves and this thing in the middle that is such a surprise. Mm. But again, you have to go drive this car, too. Depreciation won't be his friend, but at the same time, it is. Here's the thing: it is the it is a fantastic just work a day car that is still fun. It's such a surprise, yeah. and it's a car. If I own that car, I'd look forward to it. Oh, for sure. Strangely yeah, yeah. enough, I yeah, would look yeah. forward to it. I'm excited about our uh, Type R versus Focus RS piece. That is part of. It's going to be great. Three. Yeah, we got some great footage. We shot that in one of our favorite roads, California. It was a very fast piece. And I'm just really excited. That, <laughs> yeah, that's actually coming up in my edit queue. 
Oh, it is. And I'm really okay. excited about it because I'm finishing up a different episode right now. It's coming up in the edit. I'm really excited about getting into it because, of course, when we shoot, we sit th- because we don't have enough to do. We sit at the hotel <laughs> like late at night going through all the footage, and I actually end up putting my eyes on all the footage between our shoot days so I know what we have, what we don't I mean, have. Making sure all the, the SD cards are dumped Absolutely. and we've got the footage you know, pulled. And there's just some really cool footage from that shoot, some good yeah, drone stuff. We shot fun. in an area of California that got burned. Yeah, it's late last it's year. Moonscape kind of so burned. it's a fun moonscape look with these two bright cars, the bright red Civic Type R and the cool blue uh, Focus <laughs> RS. It's a fun piece. I'm excited. It's going to be cool. Okay, so we've probably added to Andy's consternation here. We have. We have. However, yes, you've got to go drive this stuff. You've heard our opinions on all these cars. I mean, like I said, I kind of think the Corvette and the Cadillac are off the list. But again, something might speak to your heart about these cars, mm-hmm. and you think. That's my baby. I love it. Sure. That's the one I want. So, again, as much as we stress driving, I've added a couple for your <laughs> for your fun, something to consider, but that Civic Type R is just so different, and it could fit into the lineup. I also love the caution to the wind, just get the Acura NSX. I do like that. I appreciate the comment and it's, for what it could do for Andy. It's his own wild card. I appreciate He that. stays within his own rules, and then he goes, here's my one out of the box. And I just go, but you could. Mm-hmm. You got it's gonna, The Band-Aid taken off the Band-Aid is going to hurt a little bit, but you could do it. <laughs> so clearly, Andy, the daydreaming is over, and the driving begins. Hopefully, yeah. If you've got your own car debate, please write to us. We always ask, but we do mean it. We'd love to hear from you, but write to us mm-hmm. with your story, like Andy's story here. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website, EverydayDriver.com. A lot of people find us there as well. And like I said, we love hearing from you. What's on your mind? Piece of news. Hey, I found a cool car. You, you guys are already doing this. Look what I saw for sale. Usually they're BMW yeah. 1Ms lately. A lot of people are sending me BMW 1Ms. It's frightening. Yeah, yeah. I've mm-hmm. noticed that. So anyway, like I said, we'd love to uh, get to your debate when we can. And uh, write to us. We will take a quick break, and we'll be right back. I'm not going very far. It's too uncomfortable. I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I just forget. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. You're not only putting yourself at risk of injury or death, it could also cost you lots of money. Cops are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Let's talk about Brush Hero real quick. It is a must-have, I think it is, for your car care arsenal. Brush Hero is water-powered. It's a detailing tool. It doesn't move quickly. It actually, it's this very simple little thing. You look at it and you think, how does this work? It's this very simple thing. It just has lots of torque. You can get two great brush heads, a soft one for sensitive surfaces and a harder one for stubborn, stubborn muck. I used it on a mountain bike and it was brilliant. While originally designed for fast and easy expert-level car and motorcycle detailing, The Brush Hero can clean virtually anything. You name it. Rain gutters, barbecues, lawnmowers, boats, and more. It's really easy to use. Just hook it up to any standard garden hose, flip the handy on-off switch, and start cleaning. It's a great gift idea, too. They've got an extensive line of gift sets and accessories. Everyday Driver listeners can enjoy 10% off their order at BrushHero.com with the code DRIVER. That's right. Use the code DRIVER for this show to get 10% off. You can also find Brush Hero at select Costco and Walmart stores if you don't want the discount. All orders over $40 ship for free. And again, if you use the code DRIVER, you get 10% off. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does that actually mean? You know, the same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees, accessories, everything, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers already know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features aren't available in all states. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. 
Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're back with a car debate for Anique writing to us in California. A private courier. I'm not entirely sure. That that sounds like one of those things that becomes a transporter movie. It's very mysterious. I'm a private courier and I drive large sedans. Do you now? <laughs> exactly. What is in this large Anique sedan? is the transporter. Yes, Holy cow, exactly. I just realized so, that. So 2013 Dodge Charger RT, which she loves, but has 310,000 miles and counting. Yeah, so she mentions that's LA the, and San Francisco mm-hmm. on here. I'm thinking a lot of Central California driving is is what's going on here. Yeah. So uh, first car was a 99 Mercury Grand Marquis, inherited from Granddad, and uh, started the courier process. Is Granddad a courier too? <laughs> what's Is this the family business? What exactly is going on here? You're I'm a little funny. confused. Uh, so that car got rear-ended. Uh, bought a weekend car that was a tw- uh, 2007 Mazda Miata with a manual. Yeah, cool. So that's cool. Uh, once a car that's cheap to maintain will run for a good while, but uh, you know, you're going to be able to hang out on long stretches of the freeway and courier, whatever you're couriering. I'm sorry, there's, I'm writing a whole screenplay in my head that you can't hear right now. <laughs> Anik, honestly, I'm doing this because I am really curious as to what kind of courier you are. You did say that if you end up on a back road, you'd like the car to be halfway decent. <laughs> halfway decent meaning somewhat fun, right? Mm-hmm. Did you notice the budgets in here? And Anik says, I would prefer automatic due to the traffic of Los Angeles and San Francisco. Don't blame you. Don't blame me at all. But Anik says, my budget for Todd is 45000 and my budget for Paul is 35000 What, <laughs> Which essentially means what did that, I do? that our friend Anik realizes that uh, you're going to come up to match my budget anyway. Right. That's really what happens. I'm He's trying to really and add on to right, Trying to really defend against what's going to happen from you. Okay. The cars that have been considered and driven here so far are a new Charger RT392. Cool. Or a certified pre-owned, Paul-owned? Yeah, Chevy possibly. SS. And it does not like the upscale Malibu look that it has. Yeah, the SS doesn't look see. like you'd like it to look. And I don't blame you because it doesn't look like it how any of us would like it to look, honestly. Yep. And then cars to be considered here are the Lexus GS. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Big sedan. Comfortable. Yeah. yeah. When you throw a GS around, it doesn't like to be thrown around. And I'll let you know that. Yeah. I mean, they do have the F-Sport version of that. And it is better. But better is a relative discussion. Mm-hmm. That means your elephant's fast now. and Kind of. Kind of. Corners. Kind of. It, it can corner for a big girl. That's kind of what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Accurate TLX A-Spec is on here. That's a bit of a newer car, which I like. Have not driven that car, mm-hmm. interestingly. And then Nick also has this idea. She says... Got this twisted idea. What if I bought a Fiat 500 and keeping it running until it gets to a million miles? She says, your mind goes to weird places when you're driving for eight hours every day. Don't Transporting do things. Don't do, exactly. Don't, don't do the million mile anything because that's just... Matt Farah, our friend, is proving that that is just a money pit. Yeah. And we were on yeah. his podcast not that long ago and we asked him kind of off air, are you going to do that? And he said, essentially, I'm committed now. I, I, can't, I can't let it go now. But it's just bleeding him. So, yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's a Lexus that we know is going to run. Anyway. Yeah, right, right. Well, speaking of which, I've got two choices here, and I'm pretty proud of them because they're not European. They're not American. I think they're very different. They're unique. They're interesting looking. They're going to run. They're high mileage, and they're still both cars are going to be a lot of fun when you decide, you know what? I'm going to take that shortcut or mm-hmm. the long cut or good. whatever good, it is. Good. I've got a couple like that, too. 2017, and Anique's right here, because I came up to $45,000 on both cars. Of course you did. Uh, no one's surprised. Well, that's, all right, so I'm, I'm a foregone conclusion. 2017 Infiniti Q60 Red Sport 400 Coupe. You went with the Coupe. Interesting. Forty five grand, And the reason I did was because I drove it at mm-hmm. Motor Prisco yeah. Track yeah, Day yeah. in November and was profoundly impressed it's with very, this car, cool. thinking... Wow, this is a great choice. Why is this not on more people's lists? It's very cool, but I actually went with the Q50. If he wants to go sedan, she wants to go sedan. Yeah. Uh, why not Q50? Because that's, you know, it's it's related. It's going to be similarly it is. good. I'm liking the styling thing. Though. No, oh, no, the the Q60 is better looking. I don't disagree with that at all, okay? okay. But uh, but I went in when we're shopping so far. She's only had big sedans. So, okay, in that regard, the Q50 is not huge. But it is everything you're liking about the Q60 in sedan form. Funny. True, true. Okay, so I'm sticking with the coupe thing because you've had the Charger. Mm -hmm. 2015 Lexus RCF, $45,000, 22,000 miles in red. It's kind of that Merlot, not quite Merlot, but Cranberry. That is a screenplay hero car right there. 
I'm telling I'm telling you, there's a whole script going on in my head right now. I, 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 I want to know what's being couriered here. Rule number one, no names, right? I'm a courier. Uh-huh, yeah. sure you are, right, huh? <laughs> Those are my two choices because, like I said, they're going to run. They're going to just be excellent road cruising cars. You're going to be happy in traffic when you're mm-hmm. sitting still and you know, looking at the inter- instrument panel and the interface and just bored with yeah. life and yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking and wandering. Sure. It's going to be comfortable. The seats are great in both cars. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, when you turn onto your favorite road and you get after it, those cars are going to come to life. I like it. I like it. Those are good. I, I want to back your play, Anique, on the SS. It is hard to beat here. And if you need to be undercover because you're a courier, then the looks don't matter. I'm, 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 I'm going to keep riding this idea until the screenplay <laughs> yeah, solidifies. So anyway, but, but that's the thing. Gravy I mean, train with biscuit wheels. Just ride it to the, it the, ends, right? uh, the SS, yes, it doesn't look like it should. But what do you need it to look like is kind of my question. Dynamically, it is really kind of in a class by itself here. I really do like it. Uh, yeah, you've had a charger. I kind of want you to get something other than a charger because you've had one. Sure. So I thought of two others for you. Now, I already mentioned the Infinity Q50. I've got another one I want to mention that is similar to that. And then I have it's, – it's not a wild card. I think it actually might be the car. Okay. But it's not quite out yet, so I'm speaking a little bit out of turn. But you also need to drive the Cadillac ATS. Oh, good. Thirty-five yeah. to $40,000. You have your choice of nice used ones. You could go get a new one and get a deal. That car is great dynamically. It's very classy-looking. It, it just yeah, it's going to run. Like I think like the Cadillac that. ATS, I, I don't know why it's not on the list. I think it needs to be on the list. It needs to be on the short list. Genuinely fun to drive. So that drive, is kind of a step up from the Charger. I mean, a little bit more compact, but a kind of a step compact, up in every but, arena. But exactly. And, it, and it's got, I mean, here's the thing. It's a nicer interior than the current Charger. So and you said you, V, right? The ATS V. No, no, not necessarily. Uh, just the ATS is fine. Really? Just, okay. get, just get the ATS with you the V6. You still get the magnet, magnetic, magnetic ride on Absolutely. That. I mean, you could. I mean, look, if you can find a good used V, sure, great. But I'm just talking, go by yourself, the V6 ATS, and enjoy. So yeah. I think that should be on there. Of course, I mentioned the Q50, but then I thought of this. Okay. You want it to run. You want it to be a kind of a nice, large, big sedan, but let's have it be good dynamically. What about the upcoming Genesis G70? Good. The smaller <laughs> version of the Kia Stinger. Love if it. the Kia Stinger is 52, the one we had was well, everything fully, at 52. fully loaded. But that means the G70 loaded up is going to be what? Mid-40s. That car is tempting, mm-hmm. honestly. So it's not quite out yet. I think I actually may like the look of it even better than the Stinger. It is the smaller version of the Stinger platform. Yeah. So I just think that G70, take a serious look at that. That could be, honestly, the only reason I didn't go land on that and just stop there is because it's still not quite here. So I yeah, don't you and I need to get in it. Out of and, turn, but I think that's a real compelling option here mm. that might be your answer, Anique. Plus, it's the, you know, carved out as the new Genesis brand. They're paying special attention to that brand. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just another Hyundai. And killer warranty, all oh, of this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, so you've got choices, Anique, to uh, figure out for all your <clears throat> transporting needs, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. And uh, I'm sure she can't say so. I'm worried about my own personal well-being. If I ask too many questions about this courier position, am I now in danger? This you is my question. Yeah, mm-hmm. You might be. Okay, well, we've got so many questions to get to on social media. Guys, thank you so much. They have been excellent. These are great. I want to jump into Facebook. Matthew H. is saying, which car do I drive to my first oh, I love this. cars and coffee? My 82 280ZX or a Fiat 500 Abarth? Two very interesting cars that would very, get you some looks. Very, yeah. Cars and coffee, interesting conversations. People would ask you about mm-hmm. them. He did say in the subsequent thread there that the 82Z was a bit rough. Okay. But I think for that reason, it should be the car you take. I think it's the car either way. I think here, here's the thing. What kind of experience do you want to have at Cars and Coffee? Do you want to drive in, park your car, and walk around and not really talk to anybody and just look at cars? Take the Abart. People have seen the Abart. You still make a statement. It's fine. If you want to get into conversations with people, drive that Z. Mm, Because I'm telling you right now, Matthew, somebody will walk up with, I used to have one of these. That conversation will happen over the course (laughs) of you being there. So that's the car that is the conversation starter for sure. Oliver H. is also asking on Facebook about the best way to test drive a car. Should he go Turo Mm. or dealership? Mm. And I'm thinking both, but there's a particular order that I want you to do it in. Good, good. First, go get a Turo car. That car, whatever you're looking for, go find it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's not available in your area, find a city, take a weekend vacation, fly there. (laughs) Sure, why not? Plan a big drive. It's a research trip. I got it. Spending your money. It's all in the name of research. Come on. 
So yes, find the car that you're wanting to drive on Turo and, mm. and become intimately familiar with it on your own terms first, because then when you go to the dealership, you're going to be informed about it because the conversation on the dealership route is going to be very different than your your first time. And you can always think about that mm. first time okay. with the car when okay. you're on your drive with the dealer, because they're going to be talking about all kinds of different things that you don't care about. Comes in your favorite Possibly. color. That, Possibly. You know, what kind of nav system, your monthly yeah. payments. All that garbage doesn't matter. Yeah. But you've already been intimately familiar and had your fun drive with it first. And then once you go to the dealer, you think, okay, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. Let's go have the dealership experience. Sure. Then we can talk whatever that is. I'm going to give the exact reverse order and here's why. Oh, okay. I don't know. What was it? Sorry. What's his name? Uh, Oliver. Oliver. Sorry, man. I I don't know if you've already narrowed down a car or or not. If you've narrowed down a car, I agree with what Paul's saying. But I'm wondering if you're shopping a market segment, and if you are, now you start dealer. Mm, Go to your local dealer street, whatever your dealer main street is, and hit them all in a day. Okay? If you're shopping hot hatches, drive all the ones that are on your list in a day and do the dealer route. Because I suspect that one or two of those cars are going to drop off the list instantly, even on the dealer route. You're going to be like, I hate this seat, or I don't Possibly, like that. Sure. I don't like this interior. Just doing the, the, the lame dealer route is going to l- let you know that. Then when you are now narrowing down, spend the money and do the Turo thing, because you need a, a real driving experience that isn't possible on the dealer route. So fantastic. We've spent four minutes promptly not answering Oliver's question. We've given him parameters, and hopefully he can plug <laughs> himself into that somehow. Uh, Nick has an interesting question on Facebook about tracking, which leads me to a secondary thought okay. that I've been kind of thinking about in the back of my mind. I want to share it with all of you that don't track your cars. Okay. This is not a track your car show. I th- feel like a lot of times you and I end up talking so much about tracking, which we love. We get into it a bit. We, we, lo- we love doing it, that you could get the impression that that's all we think about. But I, I want to be really transparent with you guys. Paul and I feel lucky if we get 10 days on a track a year. That'd be huge. Yes, that'd be a big year for us. I, mean, I agree. You know, yeah. the, we average about six or seven good track days a year. 10 is a big year, okay? So even though we talk about how much we love being on a track – just because of the way our lives are structured, shooting for the show is often on open track days. It's often on weekends. We're shooting for the show. It is an expensive hobby. It just doesn't always happen for us as often as, as you know, there's days out on our local track. We could be out there. We're not. We're shooting. Yeah, right. We're doing editing. Right. We're we out on our bikes. We're, I love driving just canyons. the fees and the costs Absolutely. and just weighing Absolutely. that against life and so whatever. I, I want to I kind of encourage all of you that don't track your cars and don't care to we get it. We, to- we, we to- Seriously, we totally get it. We yeah, totally yeah, get yeah. it. Nick's question is about, he's done enough track days in his race spec uh, BMW E30. Now, this is the 80s BMW that everybody wants for tracking. I mean, that's like the official car of lemons. He's done enough that he feels like all of those track events have revolutionized his street driving. He drives differently and drives better. Mm-hmm. Nick, I'm not surprised. Paul and I completely agree with you. You're asking... Do we feel like everyone should do this? In that regard, I'm going to say yes. I wish everybody would do, everybody that drives would have to do a some sort of, think of it like a, a beginner half-day track instruction. Lots of, lots of track instruction places will do a half-day. I wish in order to get a license, you had to do a half-day of track instruction because that's the only way to get your car at the extremes. People don't pay attention. People don't understand what's possible. People sure. don't understand things sure. like eyes and, and you know what happens with hands on the wheel and breaking at, at the extremes and all this kind of stuff. This is what tracking has taught it's Nick. A, it's it's a what tracking mindset. has taught you, taught you and I. Yeah. I wish everybody did it. Nick's asking, do we think that would increase people's confidence in driving skill? Yes. Do we wish it was required? Yes. But for those of you that may never track, you're still welcome here. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. It- you're right. We talk about it a lot. It is the holy grail of car control mm. and learning that. And we reference it a lot. And it's because our normal life driving, even though you and I live in a place that's far less traffic than Los Angeles and we seek out canyons, the reality is there are so few places, even if you're smart and you find the right road, there are so few places where you can put your foot to the carpet and leave it there and drive a car with a bunch of extreme movements. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Sure. Even in Fun Canyon doesn't allow that. This is what a track allows, and it's informative, but it isn't every Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
No, you're right. Michael C. is on Facebook uh, asking us how we talk about, you know, the great European cars that aren't sold in the U.S. And he said, when we do go over on our track days or whatever that is, our trips abroad, are there any American cars that we hear Europeans say, mm. man, I wish we had that car here? Mm-hmm. Well, primarily, I think it's muscle cars. I think For it sure. is the Mustang. Sure. And Ford definitely realized that and has yeah. rectified the problem now. Mm-hmm. But conversely, I mean, you don't find the Dodge brand in Germany. There's rental cars, but you just don't find dealerships. I mean, there's some service places. And actually, Cadillac uh, opened a – it was a unique space. It was just kind of a pop-up space. Mm. Actually, it was called the Cadillac Mm. House in Munich. Okay. And it was a, okay. you know, it was more focused on design and, you know, a public meeting space where innovators and creators and people just wanted to know more about the brand. Okay. Okay, interesting, but I feel like maybe that was the wrong market to do it because if if people are looking for the German high-speed hot sedans, mm-hmm. they've got that covered. True, 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 but you Cadillac's know, been trying to be in that world more, yeah. They have, and it does relate to another question on uh, on here as well, uh, down on Instagram. Uh, yes, our friend George, uh, Mystic Negro, is asking, Johan Denishin is out at Cadillac, just mm-hmm. as his plans are starting to hit the street. Yeah. How much of his blueprint do we see being implemented? They don't have a huge lineup, so it's hard to say, wow, you've got such a great range of cars. No, you've got, you know, another SUV coming out here pretty soon. And, yeah. you know, your grand design, I think it was probably hard to wrench Cadillac out of that same kind of thing. The V-Series has done great, and Cadillac, in comparison to Lincoln, I think is the stronger of the two. But it's moving, a low bar, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, moving the headquarters to New York did nothing for the brand mm-hmm. in terms of the public's perception. It just spent GM's money. True, true. Yeah, so, okay, you know, I, yes. And to your question here, George, will they ditch his stupid non-names? I kind of hope they do. I kind of like names of cars. Cadillac has a lot of great names. They do. A lot of great names in their history. It would be cool if they had... I mean, this is what the Hellcat proves to us, what the Stinger proves to us. Yeah. Cars that have cool names resonate. You know, I mean, you and I rattle off. Notwithstand, notwithstanding, but true. Cayman's, Panamera's but, personality. But you, you and I rattle off a BMW E30 3 Series. Yeah. And if if you're plugged in, you know what that is. But otherwise, you're like, there's a string of numbers. It's a string of numbers. I say right, right. Kia Stinger or Dodge Hellcat, you're with me. I say Corvette, you're with me. It evokes an emotion and mm-hmm. a certain thought mm-hmm. about so it. So I, I love car names. That would be nice to have. Ed the Sled asked uh, me off of Instagram. He asked me about the Elise's power band. How does it feel different than the FRS? Uh, first off, I know it's the beat the dead horse <laughs> scenario. The FRS has the dip in torque in the middle. The Elise does not. That is the first big change. The Elise has two cams. Each gear has one cam that builds until about 62, 6,400 RPMs, and then it gets on a more aggressive cam. It is similar to the VTEC sensation. That's what we're talking about. It's yeah, got right, a more aggressive right. timing. It's, it's pronounced enough in the Elise that it almost feels like a gear change. Uh, and, and the car, the, the Elise feels faster than the FRS, but it feels slightly faster than the FRS on the lesser cam. On the second cam, you go, wow, this is a fast car. Excellent. There's a question from Remington G21 on Instagram asking what dynamic trait is most important? Is it steering feel? Is it powertrain calibration, shifter and clutch engagement? What do you look for in the trait we feel is most important? Hmm. I do feel it's the steering feel, but that is also translated into the way the car handles itself. You could just say, well, this car handles yeah. great or it doesn't. Yeah. But the way the car performs on the road and manages its weight. That's great. I, by, I, I would exactly back Very much there. by yep. virtue of where the engine is at. True. And true. then from there, that goes to powertrain calibration, you're saying. And then the shifter and clutch feel, you know, w- would we give up a little bit of, you know, the shifter isn't amazing, but for the engine and the weight and the handling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's your Lotus Elise right there. Sure. Are there better shift? You know, shifters, shifter designs? Yeah. Yes, there are. Yeah. Honda S2000. I, I think the Honda S2000 actually better than what I've heard about the Cayman GTS shifter. Mm. I mean, mm. Porsche is not the king of that arena, even though, sure, I'd love the They handle. do well, but sure, yeah, I take a point. You know, things like that. So, yes, that would be the first step. It's the architecture of the car and the way it throws its weight around mm-hmm. that tells your brain, this car speaks to me. It's got yeah. great handling. Yeah. But I like the feel of how it handles. The mid-engine car it gets real light. 
in those corners. And, sure, sure, you know, sure. Not understeery, but just, you know, there's there's a tiptoeing kind of effect rather than just bashing your way through a corner in a mm-hmm. Nissan GTR. They're fast. They're smokingly fast. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah. the information goes away. You just, you know, you can do that corner. I just, I didn't have any emotion. I didn't connect with that corner. You know, it's interesting that you that you land on that on the kind of the handling aspect because I totally agree with you. And I'm going to give you an example. It's, it's an older example now. Example from our back catalog. When we first drove the ATS, we had it with the oh, current sure. uh, current gen Lexus IS and the current uh, well, actually, slightly back now, but the the three series. Okay, and the three series without question had the best drivetrain of those three. It just it killed everybody else in sheer drivetrain yeah. as far as the way the engine interacted with the DCT, and it was just it was really really strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the ATS was more fun to drive anytime either one of us got into it. It had everything to do with the body movements. And it didn't have to do with steering information even. It was just the way the car handled itself when you asked it to do a change of direction or a slowdown or a whatever. It was just buttoned up, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, do a thing. It felt athletic. Uh Uh-huh. And that, that instills so much confidence. A wickedly powerful car that feels wallowy is disconcerting. Very much so that so. I, I'm back in your play completely. And it just, of course, it depends on the car, but that's yeah. that's what we're trying to yeah, go yeah, after is sure. to extract. Well, then why should you buy that car? If it's got the great recipe on paper, but and you here's, know what? Here's the thing. speak to me. Or, this is true. This is true in any size car from little tiny hatchbacks to huge SUVs. Some of them handle themselves better than others. And that is a huge factor for us. Mm-hmm. There's a question here on Facebook from Sean E. He's asking if our debate isn't chosen. Should you resend in another few weeks or assume it wasn't chosen for a reason? It could be a number of different reasons, Sean. It could be sometimes. There's you hear quite me, a few. There's a lot me. coming in. <laughs> there's, there's, and admittedly, we've asked for it. For sure. And thank you, guys. Yeah. We're trying to curate stories. And, and you know, I, I feel like it's almost irrelevant the cars you and I suggest. To some degree. To yeah. some degree. It's almost that it gets people thinking differently about their own car Hopefully. buying habits and Hopefully, what they're yeah. looking for. Yeah. And if that's the case and you go land on something that we didn't suggest, wonderful. I feel like mission accomplished, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, yes, if you do buy that car, awesome. You know, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. But it's more about people's stories as well. And, you know, wow, I think people just enjoy hearing about, you know, not only the car, but it's connected to the event in my life. Yeah, I'm a drummer. Yeah. I'm a studio musician. I'm a sure, sure. hockey player. I'm a... You know what I mean? We get to share a range of stories. I really enjoy talking about it, too. For sure. Range of stories that, that broadens things out. I think that's great. So, Sean, yes, it, it's many reasons. It could be um, time, too. You know, also, uh, I would add to that time frame because I don't always know what is your buying time frame. And that's if you send fair. an email that's and it's like, man, I need an answer within a week and we can't get to it for a month, yeah. you know, or three weeks or two weeks, something like that, sure. then, sure. you know what I mean? So... Many reasons, but please keep sending them in. We love, like yeah. I said, hearing from you. Yeah. Uh, Michael wrote in on Facebook and asked a question that I almost could answer either way, but I want to dig into it a little bit, explain myself. Michael's saying, okay, when it's time to replace your shocks, what do mm. you do? Should you upgrade and go with like a, a sportier setup and some coilovers or not? And I've done both. So this is kind of why I want to speak to this. The first thing I'm going to say to you, Michael, is if you have a car, and my Sabaru is the first example that I can think of. If you have a car who you've driven up to the point at which you suddenly realize, oh, look, I need shocks. What's happened is you're used to your car. Those shocks have been getting bad for a long time. Mm. You don't know how bad they compare to the stock brand new setup. True. Unless you need your car to have a sportier feel. I mean, like you are going to be hooning it on back roads a lot and taking it to the track. I'm going to say to you, I did this on the sub. I'm going to say to you, do not get anything beyond what the car came with stock. Because if you put the stock setup back in there, you're going to be amazed by how good the car feels. Mm, because the stuff's like just that. worn out underneath you. What I did when I did the, the Saab is I actually found I found the same shock, but I found the manufacturer's new version of the same shock. And I did that. So it might have been a 10% upgrade, let's say, theoretically. But the car rode totally differently and wonderful because the shocks had just worn out underneath me. And now it was back to stock setup. Conversely, the Lotus does not have the stock shocks in it. I bought it with an upgrade, a, a single uh, single reservoir coilover that is a very common one. I don't remember the name right now. I think it's Nitro. That is a very common upgrade for the Elise. It's because the original stock shocks have a tendency to start leaking over time. I still have them. The guy gave them to me in my parts bu- bucket. Uh, but it has leaking over time. And these that I have are adjustable. 
so you can crank them down harder for track days because this was his track car. Mm, yeah. So, and I actually really like the ride of these of these shocks in normal uh, conditions as well. So think about your usage, but honestly, if it's a street car, go back to a stock setup. So a question from Hal on here that has really intrigued me. He said, do we think we'll be seeing the Michelin Tweel on passenger vehicles anytime <laughs> soon? The Tweel is, if you don't know, it's an airless radial tire. It's, mm-hmm. it's MichelinTweel.com, T-W-E-E-L. <laughs> Somebody's so proud of themselves for that, for that name, and yeah. I would like them to go on coffee break and not come back. <laughs> yes, it's very intriguing technology, and you'd think, yeah, why doesn't this just replace everything across the board right now? Well, I'm seeing it. the applications used in construction and golf carts and, you know, turf kinds of applications right now but on a passenger car keep in mind it's got to be it's got to look good and not that they don't they're they're very different looking and they've got to be okay that looks interesting and i like how it looks with the car so therefore you've got the designers to satisfy first true and then you've got the company itself that's going to offer a warranty with this car from new and then you know, how does it feel to drive this car? You know, are people going to accept this? Yeah, are we going to find Model 3s ro- rolling around on tweels? <laughs> so. You've just given me a horrible image I can't shake. I hadn't thought about that, but I that's going to myself happen, there. Wow, okay. So there's a lot of considerations, but mainly I would think it's infrastructure. It's because your local tire shop knows what your car needs and knows mm-hmm. how to deal with it. Yep. What happens in case of something? Yeah, they're airless, but what about something else? Yeah. They just don't have the infrastructure to support it quite yet. I think we're getting there, just like you're seeing a lot of electric charging stations around. The infrastructure is growing, but your average tire shop is going to kind of look at you and say, you want what now? So are we going to have to live in a world where somebody walks in with a straight face and says, I need a new set of twills? <laughs> Ugh. My Model 3 needs some twills. Ugh. All right. It's I'm a coming, everyone. It's coming. All right. <laughs> what else? What other questions do you have? Uh, we've covered all the ones that I had on my on my short list for the evening, but uh, thank you guys, as always, for sending in all of your questions. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Uh, Scott D., our friend, he's asking, before we let everybody go, okay. a track daily crush. Oh, no. Okay, good. Well, he's asking, a daily driver, weekend hauler, fun car. And, Scott, you're taking me way back. Uh-oh. Kit or General Lee for the daily... 18 Pandura or the Fall Guy GMC Sierra, Magnum P Ferrari, Magnum PI Ferrari 30 at GTS, or the Hardcastle and McCormick Coyote X, Coyote 10. Yeah. Holy cow. He's giving way back. He's giving a, a, a pairing, a TV pairing for each the track, the daily, the crush. That is funny. That is ridiculous. I always liked Kit. I, I always liked Kit, but I bet you you'd, you'd go for General Lee. I'd go you? General Lee. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I liked the tech. Of course I was you just did. intrigued by it. Whereas I like uh, this has big engine and people hooning behind the wheel. Yeah. And inexplicably getting tire squeal on dirt roads. By the way, that never happens. If you're seeking that out, that hasn't <laughs> happened. That is a sound mixer, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see. the What is it? The, the A-Team van? A-Team Vandura or the Fall Guy GMC Sierra? I didn't know see a that. Hu- no, the huge lifted pickup that they launch in the opening credits. Oh, That's okay. what that is. It's the A-Team van. Heck yeah. Come on. No, honestly, the murder van has never looked cooler than it did in A-Team setup. No kidding yeah for sure and then the magnum pi ferrari of, of course who doesn't want that car the the coyote the coyote is the more space age looking car but it's from that era when kit cars were horrifically bad yeah no kidding but and, 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 and i say that i say that in a world where the ferrari 308 wasn't exactly a bastion of great build quality <laughs> and yet it is practically it like everything put do. together by geniuses compared to something like a kit car from the 80s. Wow, it's just the cool factor alone. Wow, okay, I'm I'm way back. You see all these classic things coming back on TV. It just seems like these days, you know, everything old is new again. All right. Guys, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you following and, and sending your questions in. I, I know I keep asking and saying it, but we do really appreciate the questions. For sure. It's you guys that make the podcast, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's you guys mm-hmm. that the questions and that, of course, leads to the commentary. So thank you so much. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everybody. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! 
Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.